Hello again. It's indomitable, incorrigible Ingrid here. Time for episode number seven of my bi-weekly podcast, Sustainable Mum. Yet again, it has been a frantic fortnight. I would love to share some of my antics with you. And before I crack on with the main body of my podcast, I would like to tell you something positive. The positive item this time round is bird balls. Bird balls that Gherkin and I made. We wanted to provide the birds that come into our garden with something to peck on because now, with the weather getting colder, grayer, damp, and frosty sometimes, the birds can't find their usual snacks so easily. So, Gherkin and I decided to make some bird balls, which involves taking some fat and melting it and then mixing in lots of bird seed and oats and things like that. We did accidentally take the expensive fat from the fridge that was meant for cooking. So sorry, hubby, for doing that. Please forgive us. But we produced some lovely bird balls, which then got moulded by hand into a sort of spherical shape and put inside one of those nets that you get mandarins and clementines and things in, but not made of plastic. Very important that. Otherwise, the birds would obviously damage themselves. Yeah, and the bird balls are in there and they're hanging off a tree branch and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to watch them pecking away any time in the day. Gherkin has said she's a bit upset because they're meant for the blackbirds, but at the moment it's mostly tits, blue tits and great tits pecking at them. There you go. Wildlife. Can't tell them what to do because they're wild. So that's my positive, happy thing. And now I'd like to crack on with this time's podcast. Gimma patience. What did you think when I said the word patience? It's a homophone. Did you think it's the word that ends in C-E or did you think it's the word that ends in T-S? I don't know. I can't surmise. But at the moment, the word that is uh, more often being heard out there in the world is the one with T-S on the end. Patience, plural of patient. Maybe I should start by talking about patience. It's a word that I'm hearing all the time right now. Most of the contact I have with my friends this week has been punctuated by people telling me they're ill or their child is ill or their partner is ill. Flu, common or garden cold, corona, everything. It's been very frantic because a lot of people we know have been very ill. And of course, as a mum, my job is first of all to take care of my loved ones, my children and my hubby and myself. But I care about my friends. They are our family out here and trying to support friends at the moment, as well as looking after yourself and your children and your hubby and then keeping going with work and school. It's been a bit of a meltdown this week. It's not been so easy, but patience that's not a concept I'm unfamiliar with, I have to say. As a child and a young person, I grew up hearing the word a lot. My mum was a nurse, bless her. My godmother, who was also my auntie, was a paediatrician. And another one of my aunties was incapacitated her whole life with the most extreme form of rheumatoid arthritis you can imagine. So I grew up hearing the word patient, patients very frequently. And a couple of little anecdotes, so you understand why I'm so familiar with the concept of patience. I 
had an aunt who had rheumatoid arthritis, was diagnosed when she was 19, and every single one of her joints had to be removed surgically and replaced with an artificial joint, which is unbelievable in itself. But she was incapacitated, couldn't move her fingers, had to be assisted with everything. I remember helping her get dressed when I was four, five, and she couldn't do up her shoelaces and she couldn't do up her bra clasp and it was hard. And she had to take a cocktail of about 20 different drugs every single day, including extremely strong steroids, which made her face swell up and look like the moon. And her life was hard and not long. She only managed to get just over 60 years old. And she was a permanent patient in various hospitals and clinics. My aunt, who was also my godmother, who has also <laughs> died, was very, very ill at the end of her life and was also hospitalized and a patient. Where she lived, the drug that was necessary to try and help her was not available because her postcode was wrong. And there was a lot of talking in those last few days uh, because she had worked for the World Health Organization and she was a pediatrician and she'd also worked for the Home Office. There was a lot of talk about whether or not she should be allowed access to this drug because officially you couldn't get it living in that area. And that was a very difficult time apart from her being ill and us visiting her in hospital. There was also this discussion of whether or not she should get the medication, but then she died anyway. And my mom was also a patient. She treated patients her whole life. She was a nurse, a very good one. She loved her job. But then she got ill and was a hospice patient the last few weeks of her life. And I do want to tell you the anecdote about the hospice. I'm just realizing that this is all very sad, what I'm telling you this time. I hope that I'll be able to perk up a little bit in a few minutes because uh, we don't want to be sad. But yeah, my mom in the hospice, um, difficult time, difficult time. She was in a hospice, of course, in the country where she lived, and I didn't live in the same country as her, so I had to travel to see her by plane <laughs> and did that a lot in the last few weeks of her life and didn't take the family with me every time. That wasn't wouldn't have been practical, but there was one occasion where we all went to see her, myself and hubby and the kids, and Gherkin had a very bad cold, and the hospice was very strict about the entrance policy. They would not allow anyone to go in who had any kind of sickness or illness because they wanted to protect patients, which is how it should be. And we were informed Gherkin couldn't go in to see her grandmother. That was very hard for us, but you have to look for the good. We found a way of waving through a window. There was a kind of courtyard which my mum could look out of a window into and Gherkin and I were allowed to go round the back and she stood in the courtyard and she could wave at her nanny through the window. And my mom was more than happy to see her. Not ideal, but what is ideal in life? Be happy for the little things. So my mom was a patient and I grew up with the word patient. I also worked in hospital radio. This is now slightly less unhappy than the stories about my family. Yeah, I worked in hospital radio for a time, I think from 15 to 18 years old. That was great, I have to say. Hospital radio, in case you don't know what it is, is like a closed circuit radio, which used to be available in hospitals for the patients. This was in the days before internet, you know, when everyone has music on their phone and can stream everything they want. 
back then the patients had a pair of headphones hanging from their bed which looked like a stethoscope really great you could sort of stick it in your ears and listen to this hospital radio there was only the hospital radio channel nothing else to listen to and there was a schedule with request programs where you could as a patient put in a request for the song you wanted to listen to for a time i worked on the saturday evening request show that was great we used to go around the wards and collect requests from the patients not all of them were ill most of them were but we used to go to the maternity ward as well and collect requests for all those new parents who want to hear some song about blue eyes yeah i had great fun working on the saturday evening request show most requested record green green grass of home tom jones and i even got so good at what i was doing to be allowed to do a, to front a show of my own on sunday morning all girls together which i did with a couple of my female friends i loved hospital radio and i used to get to see many many patients and talk to them yeah i grew up being very comfortable and familiar with patients and then of course i became a patient myself yes i did i had the big op as many people i've been in hospital before in my life and been an inpatient but this big op really was big and i was in hospital for a long time and being a patient you know what does being a patient yourself mean you can sit from the outside and observe but it's not the same as when you're one yourself and i think i struggled a lot with the lack of autonomy when i was a patient suddenly i was completely helpless i was unable to do even the mo most basic things for myself and i was totally reliant on people who were strangers in effect i mean they're not friends of mine the staff maybe if you live in another part of the world where there's a more close-knit community maybe it, you, you do recover amongst your friends and family at home but where i live it's more common you know if you're sick and need to be treated you go to a hospital and you're treated by medical staff i had to be very reliant on these strangers wanting the best for me and i had to deal with being incapable myself the one instant shortly after the operation i needed to go and use toilet and i remember trying to leave my bed and walk the few meters to the toilet and i couldn't and i collapsed on the floor and it was a horrible situation <laughs> and i had to be rescued by a kind-hearted member of staff going through something like that where you're reliant on these strangers it does make you very aware that medical staff deserve be thought about i was lucky the people in the hospital looking after me were very kind and competent and awake they weren't coping with a pandemic and i can imagine now at the moment people in hospitals who are working to their absolute limit probably are half asleep most of the time and suffering from trauma and it must be awful so the idea of patience i don't want my children to be patients for as long as it's humanly possible i want them to be able to live their life outside of a hospital so i see it as my job giving them all the tools they need to be as fit and healthy as possible so as a mum i look at their diet i look at what they're putting in their mouth making sure they're getting enough nutrients and vitamins and enjoying their food and drink i also need to keep an eye on their sleep it's not cool i mean everyone who's got children knows that when the time they hit you know pre-puberty pre-teens it's completely normal at the moment for children of that age to be communicating with each other until the middle of the night using their phones and sleep is underrated and i have keep telling my children and myself come on you need your sleep sleep is the time when you can recover when your body's got a chance to catch up with everything it's lost during the day yeah so i have to keep an eye on their sleep 
I have to make sure we all exercise. <laughs> exercise, that's another thing that we need more than ever. I have mentioned it before in these podcasts, our daily walk, which we really are sticking to. It gets tedious after a time, you know, we often walk the same route, we get fed up with each other. Sometimes we can liven up the walk by taking binoculars or going backwards or finding some kind of little unusual aspect. Today, Hubby and I are planning on a different kind of walk. I really hope it comes off because we need something cool to do. We need something a bit different. So let's see if the unusual walk comes off. The exercise is another weapon in my arsenal to try and keep my children healthy. And I think I really do think the most important thing is their mental health and confidence and love, showing them they're loved. Love, love, love. Can't get enough of it. Tell them you love them. Show them you love them. Hug them. <laughs> Kiss them. Everything. We all need to be loved. So love being a beautiful thing <laughs> leads me very nicely into flipping the word patience around the homophone and saying, let's look at patience with a C-E. Yes, patience with a C-E, the opposite of impatience. I am very impatient, I have to admit. Very impatient person. As a young person at school, as a school pupil, I was always getting ticked off for being so impatient. But as I have become older, maybe I have become less impatient. I do remember when I was young, I used to play that game with cards all the time, which we call solitaire now. I used to play it with real playing cards, obviously, when I was a child. And I'm sure it used to be called Patience. Now, of course, everybody plays it on their smartphone or on their computer. I have to put my hand up and say, I do too. Although, although I like playing it with playing cards when I have the chance. I have a really good set of James Bond playing cards. And playing Patience or Solitaire with playing cards is different to playing it on your smartphone. Although I will carry on playing it on my smartphone because it's convenient. Anyway, back to Patience as an idea. And somehow working on your character to become more patient. I have learned patience over the years. If I hadn't, I would never have ended up with Hubby. We met and at the beginning he had absolutely no interest in anything to do with me. <laughs> yeah, I made the, the least impression on him you possibly can. He forgot my name after we'd met the first time. And I had to work really hard for about a year on becoming his friend and convincing him that we do have a lot in common and we can get on. And it worked. And we ended up together. And I'm super proud of my patience. And I hope he's still super happy to be with me. And all I will say here is good things come to those who wait. So there. And back to my character and developing more patience. I think that another thing that's helped me, apart from becoming older, is the fact that I now meditate, this is something I never would have thought I would be saying myself a few years back, but the kids and I have been meditating now for quite a while. We sort of fell into it because of the pandemic and everything going on. We kind of fell into meditation because we discovered this guy who has a lovely soothing voice. He's Canadian. He's great. Jeff Warren. And we started listening to him and we sort of liked it. It became a little... Um, oasis of calm during the day sit down and listen to Jeff for 10 minutes and meditate and we've been doing it for a while and we're going to carry on doing it and I have to say I look forward to my little 10 minutes of peace and quiet I have to force myself sometimes this is the sad thing I have to force myself as an adult to say I am worth sitting down for 10 minutes I deserve this yesterday for example the day was jam-packed full 
and I knew I needed to take a bath and I also wanted to meditate and I didn't have time for both. So I did them together. I had to be very careful of my phone. <laughs> I didn't want to drop it in the bath water. So I perched it on the windowsill and I did lie back and I meditated in the bath and it did me the power of good. Those things which give me most pleasure right now is what I'm trying to tell you. They're the things that demand patience and whether it's my meditation or whether it's watching the birds pecking on the bird balls in the garden or just looking at the garden and enjoying the colours, enjoying the shapes, enjoying the movement of plants and the wind, sometimes watching the clouds scuttling across the sky. If you're lucky, spotting wildlife, which I do and I am lucky, it demands a level of patience. You have to stand there and be patient and don't rush things. The same way that pets, that's another thing I wanted to mention, we are lucky enough to have our rats. We love them to bits and they love us now, but they didn't at the beginning. Of course, no animals will automatically love you when they come to live with you. They have to learn to love you. You need to be patient. You need to spend time with them, training them. And it takes time with all animals, but our rats, very super intelligent creatures, may I point out, and they don't smell. And that is why we've got them, because we didn't want to have the smelly creatures in the house. They have settled down and when we spend a few minutes just interacting with them, it's really, really good for us and all of us in the family love it. And patience has proven to be a good thing in the case of our rats. And baking, that's another good thing. Baking is one of those things that can fill you with immense pleasure. The fact that you can produce something for somebody else, which brings a smile to their face and tastes good and lifts your heart. And you can't rush it. You can't rush baking. Baking is baking. You've got to keep it in the oven for as long as it needs to be there. And patience, I think, is an underestimated, underrated value. So in the words of my mum, I would just like to say patience is a virtue and a virtue is a good thing. So there. At this point, I noticed that I've been blathering for 22 minutes which means I'm going to be finishing very soon because a uh, big boy did point out to me I talked way too long last time. It took him absolutely ages to edit the whole thing. So I'm going to shut up in just a second after giving you my tip for the fortnight. I am a very patient soul when it comes to magazines. I love reading them. I'm an avid reader of books and magazines. And because I no longer live in an English-speaking country, I love reading English magazines, but I can't get hold of them without paying extortionate postage prices. So what do I do? I read magazines that are 10 years old, 12 years old, and it's still just as much fun as reading them when they're new. So if you don't know what to do with all those old magazines of yours, if you've got space, keep them, go back to them. You can enjoy them again a decade later. Or you could pass them on because there's plenty of foreign language students out there. I've been one. If you're stuck in a country where they don't have your language everywhere, you might be really happy to get some magazines in your mother tongue or you might be learning another language and might be happy to get some magazines passed on to you. So I'm sure you can make someone happy with your magazines. I'm happy that I've had the chance to sit here and catch up with you guys again. It's kind of like you're becoming my friends, all these virtual souls somewhere out there. And I am very, very grateful that you have managed to give me some of your precious time. I do appreciate it. I really, really hope that your next fortnight is filled with good things for yourselves, for those you love, and for me and for us. All the best. Take care of yourselves and toodle pip.